I feel like you're going to be one of those old men that just has like a rocking head of like white hair. Well, I, I feel like you, you see the hirsute person before you, but I feel like there's a bald person inside me trying to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think I don't think I'll ever probably go like completely bald, but I, you know, my hair gets a little thinner, a little grayer every year, so it's a, it's a gradual thing. I'm easing into having less hair. Welcome to Bald Talk, the podcast upon which two bald comedians interview bald actors, writers, surgeons, heroes, villains, and everything in between about being bald. I'm Charlie Sanders, and I am bald. Oh, and I'm Brian Husky, and I am also bald. This is not scripted. Everyone should know that every word we say in the interview, even the guest response, that's all scripted before. Yes, right, right now, this <laughs> is improvising. improvising. Yeah. Um... This is, uh, you know, we're in our second season. This is season two, episode one. Right? And it feels like podcasts and just in our, in our streaming existence, there's no, there's no side A, there's no side B. So I think it's important that we delineate yes. that we've done 53, and in p- the podcast world, that is one year. Yeah, that's right. Well, there's one extra week of the year. Yeah, the they, they, they acknowledge the leap year sort of factor. Um, so now we're in our second one. I know. We got new artwork coming out that looks really trippy and weird. So yeah, so uh, that's that. I just want people to really just soak that in. Yeah, take that. And then now we can go back to the script. So okay, going back and, to and the I, script. And all the ums and stuff I put in there, be sure to stick to those. Don't improvise. Keep Don't make those it, in. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wrote those. Yeah, yeah. Back to the script. Brian, today we have an amazing guest to kick off season two. He's actually beyond amazing. He was one of my earliest comedic heroes. He's recorded more than 150 parody songs, won five Grammy Awards, has four gold records, created and starred in my favorite movie from when I was a kid, UHF, and influenced the lives and careers of countless comedians, including us. Brian, our guest is Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al, welcome to Bald Talk. I, I can't, I can't find the script. Where to, hold on. Oh, oh, here it is. Here it is. I, I got it. I got it. Okay, we got email good. it. <laughs> Charlie, take that again. We'll just edit right. that part out. Hi more. guys, how's it going? Oh, great. it's good, man. It's so cool to have you on the show. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure. I've, I've, I've always dreamed about being on Bald Talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. You're not bald. You have not a... yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> are you like? Uh, are you? Because you, you know, you you seem like a person. I saw this dude yesterday, and he was also a, a, like a a spiritual leader, sort of like yogi dude. I was watching this video, and he just looked luminous. Like his skin was perfect. He was, you know, he, he had baby skin, which is maybe part of some cult that he's part of. But he had like the most amazing <laughs> hair. And you have that same kind of like, I feel like you're going to be one of those old men that just has like a rocking head of like white hair. Well, well I, I feel like you, you see the hirsute person before you, but I feel like there's a bald person inside me trying to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think I don't think I'll ever probably go like completely bald, but I, you know, my hair gets a little thinner, a little grayer every year. So it's a, it's a gradual thing. I'm easing into having less hair. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, upon observing you on the Zoom, there is a slight hair recession from like the Weird Al I knew in, in the eighties. Uh huh. See, yeah, I you know I don't have the eighties hair anymore. I have yeah. the current hair. Right. Yes, and, that's and, right. And in, in the eighties, you were known for having just like just maybe half an inch between your eyebrows and your your brow line. Like oh, you, I, it was. I had hair growing out of every pore of my body. It yeah. Was like, like <laughs> werewolf like. Yeah. There was a sort of a Sasquatch element to your early uh, your early promo stuff. That's, Thank uh, goodness that that's over. Just great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. So hot. It wouldn't work with climate change. You just no. Know, it would not work. <laughs> um, yeah, but so, but you've kept like a, sort of the same look for a long time right you've got the pretty much I, I change my look every 30 years like clockwork you know just to keep people <laughs> on their toes yeah i was uh i was uh doing a little internet trolling on you and i saw one article that was all about weird al's hair has changed like it was just a few different like thing people like really sort of, like, yeah people are very into your hair for some reason <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well speaking of bald talk i mean uh i've done a couple of videos one fairly recently where uh i'm wearing a bald cap 
Uh, and I, I'm some I'm somehow able to stuff all this hair under a bald cap and have it look fairly natural. But mm-hmm. every time I do that, uh, people will freak out. Al shaved his head, or, oh, or wow. I knew Al was bald the whole time. You know, <laughs> there had been a trick, right? Yeah, a scandal. I knew that couldn't be his real hair. That was your long career con that you're just working up. Right, one reveal. I've been bald since I was 24, and I just wanted to yeah. put one over on everybody. This is like. This is like Paul is dead for the Beatles of Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, completely. Yeah. completely. <laughs> but yeah, so you've never, is is any of that just like, it's weird being sort of like a public figure. Because, I mean, as we're discussing just right now, people are sort of like, oh, you're known for your hair and stuff. Is that just sort of who you are and it fits into your uh the persona that is the performer or are you sort of like yeah this is kind of what i'm known for i'm just not going to mess with it well it's both i mean just the way that i choose to look uh but but i also am aware of the fact that this is sort of like an image since mm-hmm. i'm a, a bit of a public figure i guess and and if i were to make any kind of drastic change uh people would have a reaction to that and probably mostly negative right i mean when i lost my mustache and glass i've got facial hair currently but i mean when i lost the uh the glasses and the mustache in the late 90s mm. uh people flipped out i right. mean you know and and to this day i mean when kids dress up like me for halloween it's still you know the glasses and mustache it's like they yeah, got used to yeah. that iconic look and you know it's hard to mess with that my in fact my manager at the time was like you should keep wearing glasses even though you don't need to. And I was like, That's ah, funny. I don't think I want to do that. That's my life. I know, yeah, I know. if I could not wear glasses, I would definitely not wear glasses. Yeah, <laughs> but I know actually, I know some comedians and stuff who were had glasses for a long time, got the surgery, and Drew Carey consciously. Yeah, uh, Kroll mm-hmm. did. Nick Kroll did it for a little while. Oh, he, did he? Uh-huh. he uh, early on, he was like, "I think I'm known for glasses." Like, I don't picture you with glasses, and then I don't know. They just sort of like disappeared. Right. Yeah, I think Ian with Phil was trying to talk me out of it. He was like, "You know, Groucho never got rid of the mustache." Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> you don't want to be messing with that. You don't want to fuck with that shit. Yeah, Travolta's bald. I feel like people identify Travolta with his hair, and he decided to shave it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I th- very bold. I applaud him for that. I also think the 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 solution he had to making it look like he had hair was so so obvious and so funny. <laughs> He's like, I might as well have <laughs> There's like the other one's better, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he was more believable on that uh what was that, the uh <laughs> the Dian- uh Dianetics thing that that movie that he did. Oh, oh um Battlefield Earth. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's a more believable look for him. <laughs> yes, that's the way to go. A weird alien look. I was going to say, someone like Emo, that persona, you know what I mean? That 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 sort of uh, the page boy haircut and, and all of his thing. Or even like Bobcat Goldthwait back when he, you know, affected right. his voice and stuff. That Those kind of, and G- Judy Tenuta, like that era right. of comedians when, when it was kind of like a character you know the right. stand-ups were kind of a character you were sort of i mean you're sort of moved like you have a fascinating career in that you are a musician and you're a comedian and a kind of like a video pioneer in a way like you yeah you're for sure part of, part of that stuff but it's but you you had your own sort of like trajectory and stuff but for a stand-up at that time it just seemed like it was like okay so we have emo films are we going to build a sitcom around him Judy Tenuta, is she always going to have the accordion? And in Bobcat, I don't think his throat could sustain that. Yes, yeah. You know, for that long. It's it's tough to be that person all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I I don't think that, you know, Weird Al, uh, as such, if I can talk about myself in the third person. (laughs) Super weird. (laughs) Wait, are you actually Weird Al or are you? (laughs) But I don't don't think I was ever, like, it it wasn't so much a character. It wasn't like Pee Wee Herman where it was like a whole separate entity. It was just sort of like, you know... Me, but you know, with, with a volume knob turned to ten, like being yeah, as yeah, kind of magnified. like up and manic and whatever as 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 possible, like on stage and in public performances, and then I, I kind of dial it back for when I'm shopping for groceries. Right. Yeah, right. That's right. Well, I don't know. I met Emo Phillips. I love Emo Phillips. I mm-hmm. mean, of course, call me Mister Butterfingers is like yes. one of my favorite lines <laughs> of all time from your movie. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, but I met him maybe three years ago or something in the before times before the pandemic. Yep. At yeah. the uh, San Francisco Sketch Fest. And backstage, I had assumed, now I don't know for sure because I only met him very briefly, but I had assumed his persona on stage was an act. Right. But then I met him in the green room 
And he was like, hi, Charlie. How yeah. are you doing? And I was like, oh, he actually is that guy. Yeah. He he kind of stays in character for most of his life. Oh, I mean, okay, it, I, th- okay. I, I think I think you need to really know him super well before he'll kind of, you yeah. know, calm down and be. And then deep he's got like an English accent and he, he, <laughs> a deep baritone. <laughs> he, he wears a smoking jacket and he's got a brandy. And it's, Charles, it's a whole different I'd like person. to talk to you about my upcoming set if you need some feedback, please. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, he 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 kind of he kind of he kind of rolls with it. He kind of stays in character a okay, lot. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, but then where does the line like do you disappear? That's the thing. I mean, that premise for a great horror film. But uh, who wants to? <laughs> yeah. When is he really him? When he looks yeah. in the mirror all alone at home at the end of the night. <laughs> Why did I choose this haircut? <laughs> I think that is it's a I, wig. He takes it off and he's bald. <laughs> I would be that 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 I would be curious about that. Like, because that it he his haircut to me seems like he should. He looks like he should be in a current Echo Park keyboard heavy band right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> With that haircut, yeah, culture like, has come around to him. Yeah, completely. Yeah, and I I think he he uh, he followed my lead, and at one point several years ago, he sort of like changed up his look and his style, mm-hmm. and now he's back to like yeah <laughs> classic emo. He's like I better be emo. That's what I mean. Just be emo. Yeah. <laughs> what is your sort of origin story? Like, did you want to be a musician? Did you want to be a comedian? Was it just whatever to get on stage, kind of like? I never dreamed I would have a career in show business. I mean, yeah. that that I, you know, I was a very practical minded kid. I was a straight A student. I was like, you know, the prototypical nerd. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was twelve years old. I had a guidance counselor uh, at my high school. Uh, I went. To, I was in high school at age twelve. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> Were you serious? <laughs> yeah, I read. No, that. I was. That's I was. Crazy. Oh wow! I skipped, skipped a couple of grades, and I was uh, yeah, oh, huge nerd. Oh, but uh, yeah. yeah, I had my guidance counselor convinced me because I was good in uh, I loved my drafting class mm. and uh, and I was good at math and I liked design. He said you should be an architect. So when I was twelve years old, I decided, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be an architect. <laughs> this man went told to me to be an architect, so I guess I'll be an architect. Yeah. So I went to college, got my degree, uh, and then uh, along the way, I got interested in college radio and the, and the Dr. Domeno show. I, I would send in tapes in the mail when I was in my early teens. And he'd play them on the radio show. And, you know, I loved that. But I never, again, thought that, oh, this is going to be my, you know, my new direction in life. Right. Yeah. Uh, but through a series of, uh, you know, unlikely circumstances, I w- was able to get uh, a, a record put out. Uh, and then on Capitol Records, I, uh, My Bologna, which was recorded in the men's yep. bathroom at, at my college. Seriously? <laughs> It was because oh I couldn't God. afford a real recording studio, and I, it was just me with my accordion in a bathroom for the nice acoustically perfect tiled yeah, that's walls. That's right, yeah. Uh, and that got uh, oddly enough put out on Capitol Records through a fluke, and then I decided, well, let me, you know, let me see if I can get a record deal. And after about a year and a half, uh, I got a record deal. So it just kind of, you know, against all odds, wow. became my life's calling. And what what, what age was that? That was. Well, my Bologna, I think I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this was 1979. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, and, and I, you know, I didn't, uh, uh, I had to get a, a day job when I graduated from college because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to become an architect at that point. And, yeah. uh, the, you know, I wasn't making a living in the recording industry. Even when they signed me to a record deal, it wasn't like, here's a big pile of money. Have right. fun. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was still, you know, working literally for minimum wage uh, in a mailroom until, until my first uh, single hit the charts. Wow. Wow. That's fucking amazing. I'm pretty sure Pink Floyd met in architecture school. They all wanted. To Did they? Architects. Yeah. I th- and I think several. I'm, I'm t- I don't have the list in front of me, but but uh, that seems to be a good profession if you want to go into the music industry. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Who met at art school, right? Right. Like, and they, the they, Stones they, met at art school. Right. Yeah, uh, Talking Heads as well, I believe. Yeah. Right, right. They were in uh, RISD, I think. Right. Um, I used to rent videos to David Byrne. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I worked at a video store in New York City. Uh, in the aughts, and David Byrne would rent it there. He'd ride up oh, on his fun. bike. He only rented rom coms, right? Like that's his <laughs> whole thing. She's all Sleepless that. Sleepless in, Se- Sleepless in Seattle, over and <laughs> over and over. over He's just like, why don't you just buy it? You rent it every day. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's I love that though. That in a way, you, your career found you, or just whatever is supposed to happen kind of unfolded. That's the most sort of. 
a poetic version of just like yeah, well, yeah it was a fantasy i mean again i never thought that would happen but you know like every kid in the world i would like you know you know i uh, have my uh fantasies on the bathroom mirror singing into the hairbrush like mm-hmm. you know <laughs> wouldn't it be cool yeah <laughs> it's all happening that's so cool I love that. Uh, Does it run your family? Like music? Like did you pick it no, up? No, no, no. There's nobody remotely uh, show business oriented in my family. My dad uh, bought a, a guitar for for ten dollars at a uh, at a garage sale when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Never learned how to play. Never even tuned the guitar. He would just strum it tunelessly and sing at the top of his lungs. <laughs> so that's I think that's where I get a lot of my musical inspiration from. <laughs> Yeah, that's where Dare to Be Stupid came from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like he instilled like some great boldness. Just a shamelessness. I get that from him. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> a sense of boundaries and stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but that's crazy. At age 12, amongst a bunch of high schoolers, was that was that uh, ego building or crushing? Like, well, I, if I had a, if it's a binary choice, I'm going to go with crushing. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. That, uh, I can't. I'm trying to picture my 12 year old daughter. Like, I, she's terrified of freshmen uh, in high school now, and she's a freshman, so it's just like, yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm a 15 year old high school senior. I can't drive. I, you know, I, you know, I'm just a little, <laughs> a little less developed than the rest of the kids, and a huge nerd on top of it. So my social life was great. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Mom, you want to hang out this weekend? <laughs> Did they come out of the woodwork once you started to, to be successful? They'd be like, oh, man, I, I remember, remember hanging with you, man. I, I, you know, I, I remember getting a phone call from a guy that used to beat me up in gym class going, hey, Al, you're doing so well now. Like, yeah, Scott, thanks for calling. <laughs> That's insane. I heard a similar thing from a like a stand up was had some bit about that. Some dude just like, you know, on Facebook, all the monsters started coming back. He's like, Hey man, I was I was kidding. I was kidding when I like threatened your life. You get it. You get okay. It. Well, I, <laughs> this this just happened a couple of days ago. I my, my my first big concert was in nineteen eighty two and I opened for missing persons. And oh, I've wow. told the nice. story on behind the music in a lot of places, but um you know, I was an opening act, uh, opening for a band that I really liked, and I thought this is a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. We get up on stage, uh, and for 45 minutes, we are absolutely pelted with everything that's not nailed down in the auditorium. They hated us yeah. to a person. Like, I mean, nobody applauded at the end of the songs. They would boo, get off the stage. And I've run into so many people over the years. Hey, I saw you at the Missing Persons show. And they wow. go, oh, what did you throw? <laughs> and they go, no, no, man, I loved you. You're yeah, great. Like, it. oh, you're the one. Yeah, okay, the well. One. <laughs> That's Speaking of, um, it, this is, I, I was only a minor celebrity, but I, I was on this show on MTV called Death Valley uh, for one season where I played a cop that killed zombies. Ah. And, but it briefly was popular. And was that Eric Appel? Yeah, it was Eric Appel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've worked we because uh, he directed the Funnier Die yeah, biopic yeah, yeah, yeah. of you. I'm in that also as a cop. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, we briefly met uh, for like a second that day. I had a dude I hosted the sixth grade talent show with. Hadn't <laughs> thought of him since. So I'm on this TV show, and he messages me on Facebook. I guess you won, man. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Take that like, to the bank. I'm a bartender and you're a fucking TV star. And you're I'm a dead fan. That's, that's the day I signed off of Facebook and never went back. <laughs> that is... You won, man. <laughs> you won, good. man. Okay, bro. You know, <laughs> God, how long has he just been like simmering? Uh, it's like, wow, you've been thinking about me all this time and I haven't thought. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write back, who is this? That would have been like good. Just, I should have. No, I didn't reply like, out of fear. Of yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. People are, people are crazy. <laughs> They're pretty weird. So, Al, you've identified as interior, you know, there's a bald person inside you. But, yes. uh, you know, if you, everyone has their, their respective bald spots, the thing that they're just like kind of a hang up, like mine, besides the, I've come, I've, I've accepted and now I love my baldness. Um, but I used to be obsessed with how skinny I was. Like, I was just be like, really not into it. And now I'm like, eh, ha ha, I win. Oh, you don't like being skinny? I did. I, I, there was a long time I did not like being skinny. I was really? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, I'm obsessed with that because uh, I'm a chubby guy. So I'm like, 
my whole life I've just been like, I wish I was skinny. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the skinniness, the, uh, people will, and it's, I've said this so many times on this podcast, but people will always comment on how you look thin. Um, and sometimes they'll comment on how you look thin where you're not feeling good about yourself. And so um, it's felt like I'm unhealthy, you know, because a lot of times it's out of concern. It's like, oh, my God, you look so thin. You okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, I'm just existing, you know, with the, with the <laughs> Oh, you're dying. That's yeah. so sad. But there's very a few other things that go on with people who are like, oh, you've gained some weight or, you know, you got rosacea or something. People are just like, keep it to themselves. So that was always my my other sort of like hang up. But it could be anything. Like, is there is there anything you're just sort of like, uh, eh, yeah, this 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 has always been an irrational sort of like thing in my in my crawl my metaphoric bald spot Ooh, yes. that's a good question <laughs> yeah that's a good one um, that sounds like one of your songs you gotta write that up <laughs> <laughs> metaphoric bald spot yeah a lot of sitar uh, in that one i'm i'm trying to think i'm obviously not completely mentally healthy so i'm sure there are some areas of my life that <laughs> yeah. i'm insecure about nothing comes to mind at the top of my and and again i'm just i'm not trying to deflect or, or trying to avoid the question i'm just trying to think like what i'm really not content with in my life yeah <laughs> really want to crack you open in the first yeah yeah minutes. yeah peel back those layers <laughs> so right. uh, i'm gonna have to get back to you on that because I, I mean yeah I, again uh, it's not like uh i'm all all there and 100 percent cool with myself but uh but uh, overall i'm a pretty happy guy so it seemed like it's it. good yeah yeah totally yeah i mean that's what i think i was trying to remember when we met i think it was on that same funny or die Biopic. Oh yeah, you were in that too, huh? Yeah, that's funny. And we I were all in. That's I can't remember what I. Pl- I feel like we we, bo- we both were the uh, the heads of my record label. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And oh that was at God, the old Funny or Die offices, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Back in those little bungalows and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. But I I I I cherish that that day because you you're just a lovely dude and lovely. That I love chatting with you and hanging out and stuff. And and my takeaway was like this guy seems super like together and happy <laughs> i fooled you yeah and much no. like charlie's uh charlie's friend from sixth grade i was like ah well he wins okay, he wins <laughs> you tried to get well you've been part of my live show ever since though i think we've played that that video and in, in my live concerts uh ever since we made the video so oh, you, you, you are do? part That's of the live cool. experience yeah Oh, very cool. And as soon as you come on screen, Brian, the crowd goes nuts. They go crazy. (laughs) They start throwing everything. (laughs) It's like missing persons all over again. (laughs) Um, That's cool. I love that. Yeah, well, how often do you, what what is your, do you have like an annual or like a regular touring thing? You're just kind of like. It's not regular. And for some reason, last year and a half, we haven't done a whole lot of touring. I wonder why. Um, Yeah. Uh, It's kind of odd, yeah. Gas prices. I get it. Yeah. It must be that. Gas Me prices. and Brian haven't done improv shows in a year and a half either. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's the gas prices. I don't want to drive. Like, <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Theater. So we're, th- we're hoping that we're going to be able to go out next year and, and do some live shows. Uh, it's all a bit up in the air, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but but even when it's not uh, a worldwide pandemic, I mean, it's not like a, a, a like every summer I go out. It's sort of like, in fact, in fact, I, I kind of learned this through experience. You don't want to tour every year because people get tired of you so yeah. it's like I, I can i can do two years in a row and then the third year you got to let people you know miss you a little bit because mm-hmm. like, by die. the third year people are like didn't we see you last year yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think know. i want to see this again yeah that's one step away from like you're playing with some of the original members of like you know the Doobie Brothers at a, at a county fair. <laughs> the original roadies from the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Um that's yeah, I guess so. But I was gonna say, like, it seems like you're kind of evergreen. But I guess from a uh, a business standpoint, that's smart. So don't let me be your manager because I would be okay. Like, Let's just go out every year. That would be. Full. Are you <laughs> taking clients right now, Brian? Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, trying to expand. I mean, God, everybody's got to have some other job and turn to this. Stuff, right? <laughs> you're gonna be a manager. Yeah, I'm just gonna be a manager for nothing that's happening for everybody. <laughs> um. So did you, uh, in your vast catalog, do you have, and I can't remember, and I apologize if you do have one, do you have any bald-centric uh, songs that are expressly um. about? Because uh, bald, bald people are the punching, one of the punching bags the, of the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a song about toothless people. Mm, uh, that's good. Oh. Bald, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure I have some 
bald references, none that come to mind, and I don't believe I have any actual bald-centric songs, but I could start writing one right now, if you like. I would, that would Grab be... your guitar, Brian. Let's yeah, do it'll this. be ready in about three months. Let's okay, improv cool. this. <laughs> that surprises me, because I, we've, we've talked about... That's kind of you. We want to thank you for Very kind, yeah. Fun of bald you're, you're kind of like breaking away from some of the tired tropes of uh, I think comedy. every comedian in the entire, entire world, including us, makes bald jokes, so you're But, but I, I wouldn't make fun of bald people. It would be bald-empowering. Nice. Oh, that would be awesome! Yeah, that would be that. that would be awesome. Um, yeah, because it's sort of like a, you know, like with a, your song "I'm Fat," you know, your massive hit. <laughs> that is a song about body positivity, my friend. <laughs> I know. Don't take it any other way. Has the, anybody? The, the, has anyone come ever come out at you as like it not being body positive? You know, just yeah, kind of a obviously, trick reaction. Yeah, obviously some people, you know, will will take it that way, and and it's it's you know it it's obviously full of fat jokes, and mm. and uh, you know a, a part of me dies inside whenever I hear an instance of like some kid on a schoolyard being taunted with that song. I mean, yeah. that's certainly not the intention. <laughs> it's it's meant to you know it's it, the song is told from the standpoint of somebody who's proud of who he is, right, and who who feels you know so from that standpoint, that, I wanted to write it that way, not like. Make, making fun of somebody who's fat is sort of like I'm fat, deal with it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Which, which made the song okay for me. I just you know, but people will always take whatever you say in the wrong way. A certain percentage <laughs> of people, yeah. and you just have to deal with that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I feel like there's. I feel especially with satire, man. If people just miss that the the miss it, they miss the nuance, or they miss uh, the, the kind of like not even the nuance. It's like no, just listen to the words and you'll get it it's yeah. a little scary because like I, I, i'm afraid to tweet sometimes because you know no matter how obvious and ridiculous your ironic joke is a certain percentage of people yes. will think you're being completely serious yeah yeah always oh, it's mm. always somebody you're like i can't believe you would do that well it's kind of a joke that's yeah. what i do for a living i know as a comedian like so often often i'm like it's a fucking joke yeah it's a right. joke. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. Yeah. 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 It, it's a very strange time. Not sound like some old man's like, and they, and it's a terrible time, but because I think it's necessary, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of shift in sort of like in the nuance of like presenting an idea, because a lot of comedy is sort of like, all right, here's what you think it is. Let's look at it from the other side and looking at it from the other side sort of like shows the ugliness and you're supposed to reflect right. on that. But people re- react to the ugliness now, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And so it makes it very hard to kind of to to find a different angle or not to sort of uh, just present it in a um, isn't this bad way. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. feel, I feel like there's a lot of that, it's like the identification of what's negative about it without the sort of reinterpretation. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 tri- it's tricky waters to navigate, and I don't want to say anything against being PC because I yeah. think PC is sort of like. And, and a large part, just being respectful and kind to people Completely. and not, you know, it's it's not a bad thing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's also a little trickier these days to, you know, like I said, navigate those waters. Yeah. I think um, I think sometimes also, like, people are just stupid and they... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a huge part of it. Yeah. yeah that's a big factor. <laughs> and they just take language as like they can't see it in in a even a binary way. It's like everything right. is just verbatim what it is. Like yeah. I I do this other podcast with my wife called Hashtag So LA where we just talk about like dumb LA stuff. Like well before the pandemic we'd be like oh we went to this restaurant and we liked it and we talk about it. Um, and part of the like a running joke is that like my wife does everything. Like she does all the shopping. She drives. <laughs> and I made a joke. I said oh I've never. She said like and you know we were telling some story and she was like oh I was at the grocery store because Charlie doesn't shop and I was like yeah I've never been to a grocery store and then I saw a friend and he went I can't believe you've never been to a grocery store <laughs> I, was like, I was kidding of course wow. I've been to a grocery store the joke was just that like she doesn't yes but you said it and you recorded it so now yeah. it's true so now it's true oh, we have you on record <laughs> yeah oh no I'm getting sued I mean I'll break it up and sort of re-edit it so it sounds you know, to what I want but <laughs> I think that's. I mean, yeah, it's a. It's a. I guess it's a. It's a little bit of a, a growth, growth spurt, which I, yeah. I think is totally necessary. You know, because otherwise it's. I mean, I. So my girlfriend is taking uh, American Sign Language classes right now, 
and so she's watching some history, um, uh, you know, piece things from PBS and stuff just about deaf culture, and it's it is insane how until so recently, maybe fifteen years or something, that people have been like, oh yeah these are human beings they've just been they've been treated either as as jokes or as flawed or almost like this kind of like 1930s attitude of like well they're damaged put them in the attic you know what i mean yeah it just was really she was like i can't believe how recent uh, just so many um sort of uh, disabled rights issues took a took a long time for people like yeah stop it and it's also and the designation of them as uh as an an other, you know what I mean? Right. Like it really was just for long, just, 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 uh, either they're an other or that, that they, that they are kind of like less than. And so it puts it, she was sort of saying like, man, it really kind of brings into focus systemic racism because it, it's all predicated on this thing. Like, well, there's a standard, the norm, and then, then everything in comparison is not the norm. And so right. it's always that departure point. Um, so now, I mean, going back to like just with comedy and stuff, it takes a it's a like you have to kind of like dismantle the norm in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have to be be careful of ableist language now, stuff that I just, you know, take for granted. Like, you know, I've, I've got a song called Lame Claim to Fame. And, and after that came out, people were like, why did you say lame? Are you you know, you're making fun of people like with a disability? Like, well. Right. No, that's just, it's common usage, but maybe from now on I won't be using that word. I don't, you know, <laughs> so it's like the lang- language is so fluid. It evolves things right. that were okay 10 yeah, years ago are yeah. not okay today. So, yeah. And, Has it changed the, the content of your, like, what you would do for a show? Like, have you been like, all right, well, this one's out of the rotation now? Um, Some of it, yeah. In fact, there's a, a song, Word Crimes. This, this is something I'm really horrified about. My last big hit, Word Crimes, which is a parody of Blurred Lines, it's, it's about grammar, and I use the word spastic, mm. which in North America is not a bad word at all. It means a goofy, uncoordinated, dorky guy. Right. But in, uh, I believe, Australia and the UK and other parts of the world, it refers to somebody with uh, cerebral palsy. Mm. Oh. And it's a, it's a slur. It's like using the R word. It's a horrible, horrible slur. Right. And, right. and people were super offended when they heard my song. And I apologize. For, I, had, I had, did you know? I had no idea. Yeah, I did not. No, I didn't either. No, it's outside of North America. It's a really bad word, uh, and I found that out very quickly. Uh, so, so <laughs> now, so now when I know. now when I perform that song outside of North America, I excise that particular uh, verse. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that would make sense. I mean, I'm sure there's. Uh, we've talked about Charlie and I have talked about just like our early improv days. And oh, just, thank just God it's not not recorded. Back in New York, it's just like insane. Just the things oh, that, man. Were, that were... Yeah, I mean, admittedly, and I, I do regret this, and I you know I didn't mean it. I don't, I don't think I had bad intentions, but I remember in the early aughts, like, you would play a gay character mm-hmm. and just get a laugh because the character was gay. Yeah. And then it was like, then I started making friends with gay people and stuff. And I was yeah. like, oh, fuck. Sorry I did that. You know? mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you mentioned UHF. I mean, going back, I mean, there's stuff in there that, oh, man, would not fly today. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's just stereotypes, Palooza. I mean, yeah. This is man. A, my, this interesting. My girlfriend the other day, we we're we we're trying, like, she started getting into Marvel movies late. And she's like, oh, I can't believe I'm really into these car- cartoon, yeah, I mean, comic book yeah. movies. And then I was like, oh, man, there's a whole bunch of them, you know, prior to this year. And she's like, I have determined that I don't want to watch anything prior to 2006 because the misogyny <laughs> level oh, is oh, so, so off the charts. <laughs> and I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, let's just check one out. And she's sort of pointing things out. It's like, yep. You got it, right? <laughs> I, I, I completely see that now. Yeah, uh, my, my daughter won't watch older movies because she sit, considers them dated, but I think she just means like racist and misogynist. Oh, man. Good Lord. You watch anything like any 70s, you're just like, well, it's, it's, it's got 45 minutes of good stuff and then 45 yeah. minutes of just what is happening. My wife and I watched the 1960 Breathless because the actor just died. Mm. Uh, and man, that was... 
Oh, Woo! shit. Yeah. What area of misogyny? Bre- I know wow. I saw Breathless, but it was so long ago, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... What about Gunga Din? That's not racist. <laughs> <laughs> that holds up, right? You just watch, if you just watch the credits, and that's yeah, it. You, got, you watch the opening credits and the you just, you read the title and then turn it off. You're, you're yeah. set. You know what you're watching. Talking bald, yeah. All bald talk. Well, going back to the songs, like, do you have a method, or are you just like, oh, that's a that's a funny play on words, and I'm gonna depart from there, or what's your? Yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, I, I guess I have a method, but it's nothing I can really articulate. It's just, I, I try to just think of a variation on a theme or, a, you know, I, I guess the only method I have is that I come up with as many ideas as possible. Mm. Uh, like the, the pack, the pack rat uh, uh, method where I just like, okay, here's a song. Like, what can I do with this? And I write down like a hundred ideas right. and 99 of them will be terrible and maybe one of them will be okay. So you're your and own then, writer's room, basically. You just like, kind of, kind, kind of, of yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then, but you're married to, or you know, you 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 take the existing melody and stuff. Like, have you ever gotten in trouble, sort of like referencing a song, referencing sort of the licks of it, and having to kind of work around, like, no, that's you're just ripping us off. Like, are you talking about the the actual parody or like a pastiche? Because so, a lot of songs I do are like not direct parody, but they're like sound like, like a, on purpose. Yeah, like a, like a uh, a direct parody. Because I, I in my memory, like uh, of I'm fat, it has it it has the shape and sort of like idea of I'm bad. You know what I mean? Oh no! Well, that's a direct parody. So right. obviously, I mean, you know, I and all of my interviews when people ask about this, I say it's a gray area as to whether or not I need permission. But mm-hmm. I, I always do, just because I don't want there to be any hard feelings. I want to make sure that, like, you know, they're not going to come after me. I want to make sure that they don't kill me in a drive-by shooting. So you know, that kind of stuff. So do you have do you stuff. have some le- like your own letterhead that you write a letter to Michael Jackson and you're like, <laughs> dear Michael, could we, like, how did? We, it, it's usually my peeps talking to their peeps, so my manager would contact his representatives, and mm-hmm. and sometimes, I mean, sometimes if that falls apart, because sometimes like people uh, who represent artists don't want to, you know, deal with something like this, which they consider not like a big money earner or mm-hmm. not worth the time or whatever. And in those cases, you know, uh, like I did with Kurt Cobain, like I did with a uh, Iggy Azalea, uh, I think MC Hammer and a couple others, I had to stalk them. You know, oh, wow. track them down and talk to them directly, like artist to artist, and say, "Dude, I want to do this. Are you cool with it?" Oh man! Wow! And were they generally cool? Yeah, I mean, artists nice. in general are you know get the joke. They understand it's all in good fun. It's supposed to be a, a, a tribute, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and they almost without exception, uh, you know, are cool with it. Where sometimes maybe uh, their manager or publisher or publicist are not right. Right. Yeah. Oh God, that happens all the time. That, yeah. So many things. Like I've produced TV shows and shit, and you're like, oh, the the rep will be like, oh, she doesn't want to do it, and then like I see this person at a party, and I'm like, oh, I was bummed you didn't want to do the show, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that that happened with Lady Gaga because I I did my parody of Born This Way called Perform This Way, and I was <laughs> dealing with her manager the whole time, and like and making making me jump through hoops. Like, let me see the lyrics. Let me, you know, I gave them yeah. the lyrics, which normally, normally what I do is like, I say, I want to do a parody of this song. Here's the general concept. What do you think? Because mm. I don't want to go through all the trouble if they're going to turn me down. Right. And he said, well, I, uh, she can't really approve it unless we see the lyrics. I go, all right, fine. So I, I spend the time and write the lyrics and then send them in. What do you think? Well, she can't really approve it unless... Um, unless she hears it. Like, what are you talking about? It's like her song is like these lyrics, that song, those together, put it in your head, that's yeah, what it that's is. It. Yeah. And it, no, unless we actually hear the song, we can't approve it. Like, okay. So I go through all the expense of actually recording the song and send it in, and he goes, nah. <laughs> I'm like, what? And, and that, at that point, I put it online. I was like, you know, normally I wouldn't do this without at the artist's permission, but they didn't have me jump through so many hoops. Here it is for free. Enjoy it. 
Yeah. Won't be on the album. I, I wrote it, so here it is. Okay. And then and then the epilogue is like the day it goes online, like TMZ stops Lady Gaga on the street, like, how come you wouldn't let her Weird Al do the parody? She goes, What are you talking about? Yeah. She had no idea. No idea. She loved the parody, she approved it immediately, but it was like one of those things where like the whole time I'm dealing with this manager that was just like oh, not even bringing it to the artist. Oh, oh. man. That that that's crazy making. I mean, I I literally learned about like jobs that they're like, oh, you can't do it, and I'll be like, I literally wanted to, to do that job. It'll be like friends, you know. A lot of times, yeah. it's sort of like friends, but like, will you do this thing? And it's like he's not available. I'm like, no, I am. I was. <laughs> I really wish wish we could have. Oh, I uh, I read this. I forget where I read this. I read an article interviewing John Cleese, and he was talking about Monty Python and further projects after that. And he put it, I think, perfectly. And he was like. You develop the art, then it goes to the bureaucrats. Mm. And I was like, that is what they are. They're bureaucrats. Yeah. It's There's 17 levels of bureaucracy between an artist making something and it getting out to the public. Right, yeah. exactly. You know about the, the, the gentleman who wrote that song, who wrote uh, Born This Way. He passed away recently. He was a, he's like a, a Los Angeles... I think he's like a bishop, but he, he, he was a sort of like gay rights uh, activist who, who started the Unity Church, and he had a, a short stint as a soul singer, and he wrote that song and recorded it and then eventually got it to Lady Gaga. He passed away last week. I can't remember. I wasn't aware of that. Wow. Yeah. So if it, you could have gone to him directly uh, if you had had this knowledge, if, if you had listened to NPR <laughs> – when he died, like I did here in the future, and gone back into the past. If there is a way to go back, in there's. Time. A, it, a, it sounds like a much easier thing than dealing with a manager. Is what I'm saying. If you could lady, time travel, lady, lady Gaga. I will say, lady. You know, I'm not remembering this exactly, and I'm sure you know better than I do. But I, I would, have, I would have assumed that Lady Gaga at least had some percentage of songwriting credit on it. Yeah. Or else I'm not sure that we would have had to like go directly to her. I think it was yeah. sort of like he. It was his his thing, and then she did. She co-wrote a version with him. Um, uh, yeah, that, that makes more sense because that, that happened with Madonna when I did "Like a Surgeon." Uh, like that a was, surgeon. <laughs> that was not written by Madonna. That was written by uh, uh, God. I'm gonna forget, forget their names. Uh, Tom and Bill. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> let's say. Uh, but but they uh, <laughs> cartoon characters. Yeah, but they uh, uh, I, we went directly to them mm -hmm. and kind of bypassed Madonna because it's like it's their song, right? Uh, and I noticed that ever since then, Madonna has taken a songwriting credit on anything she records. Oh, much. really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll dig up uh, who it is and send you send the, the thing because Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly. There, there you go. Nice, uh, nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Okay, really quick, just out of my pure nerd curiosity. My favorite Weird Al song of all time is Dare to be Stupid. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, me and my friends would listen to it 25 times in a row <laughs> uh, at sleepovers and shit. Uh, how, just, can you just give me like a brief, like, how'd you come up with it? How'd you write it, et cetera? Uh, that was one of those things. I, uh, I, back at the time, I didn't have a, this is like the mid 80s, and I was writing everything in, in notebooks like I had in high school with the, yeah, yeah. the college line <laughs> paper and the little plastic dividers for each song. Yeah. And uh, I just had, um, you know, uh, some pages where I just, would just write, write, write random thoughts and phrases and just things that I thought were interesting. And one of the things I wrote was just dare to be stupid. I'm not okay. sure where it came from, but I was looking at that going, yeah, okay, that's a song. Mm, yeah. And then I, I wrote the Devo pastiche, and uh, and they used it in the Transformers movie for yeah. some odd reason. <laughs> and, and now much of society is taking it as a uh, as a directive, which is kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it's like a QAnon sort of like theme song when they have their big rallies yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that must be hard for you. That must be very hard for you. Oh, man, that's, cool. that's crazy. Do you have... Uh, how how much uh, original like just not parody stuff have you generated like it's about half and half uh, yeah. i you know it's it's a little formulaic but i mean most of my albums are about half originals and half parodies plus one polka medley of of current rock t tunes so right. <laughs> you know how, however many albums i put out uh figure yeah about about roughly 50 percent would be and again originals i mean they're not direct parodies many of them are pastiche is meant to sound like another artists but they are in fact uh, original tunes yeah did you have you ever had this is the sort of because it seems as people 
get older, they get more serious about themselves and less funny. Um, have you have you had any sort of like I just want to do an acoustic ballad thing or is it... <laughs> that that's never occurred to me. I mean, I've never had any desire for people to take me seriously as, as such. I mean, I, I was um, the closest I came, I guess, was like was it last year? Uh, Portugal the Man approached me and they wanted me to oh. sing on their song. Um, Who's going to stop me when there's no one there to stop me but me, mm-hmm. which was a song, you know, uh, uh, ostensibly about uh, uh, indigenous people's rights. Right. So not a comedy song, not a funny song. But they they said that I was a big in, in, inspiration to the band, which I'm quite flattered by. Wow. And they wanted me to sing on it. And I did. And it was a totally serious thing. Uh, and I'm in the video and I'm it's serious. That's and, cool. And, and in fact, John Gourley, the lead singer, was like trying to, he wanted to write a song with me for, for the next album. Mm-hmm. And I tried, I, I wrote some stuff for him, but I don't think he's going to use it it's just because my brain doesn't work that way. I mean, I, yeah. I tried to write the bridge of the song and it's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Everything <laughs> that I write, I, I think, what's the angle? How can I make this ironic? How, yeah. You know, it's hard for me to be like, you know, sincere oh, and yeah, heartfelt and... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's just not, it goes against my nature. Oh my God. I have the same thing where it's like anytime I'm like, I'm trying to think about you being in that video and like how hard it must've been to seem serious. Cause like, Uh I can't, I can never be serious. It's like totally impossible for me. Like anytime something important is happening, I like have to like stuff the laughter down. Right. Like, I don't know. There's just something fucking funny about it. Yeah. And there's something videos just uh, inherently unless they sort of like you know just mess with the form and it's just a visual kind of thing like when it's really a heartfelt video it it's just it's a micro move to the right where it's like this is ridiculous right we all know this is ridiculous (laughs) we know this is stupid you know if we just just make eye contact with each other it's all gonna fall apart yeah (laughs) wink wink yeah completely okay i got another quick uh nerd insider question for you okay Living in an Amish paradise. <laughs> you have mentioned how you would have a hundred ideas for a song and then you'd sort of narrow down which one is the one you want to go with. Can you remember a different angle you had on Living in a Gangster's Paradise? I came up with that pretty quickly. I mean, um, the Coolio song had been number, at the top of the charts for uh, okay. a few weeks already. And I don't remember how I, the idea came to me, but as soon as Amish paradise popped into my head, it was an odd feeling because it was a feeling mostly of dread mm. just because I realized I have to do this. Yes. This is going to be a huge hit. This is going to change my life. I'm going to have like no, in the next eight weeks, I'm going to be like, you know, yeah. in the grind, like recording, doing videos, getting the yeah, album out. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, sort of like, that's the idea. Here yeah, we you go. You know it when you, yeah, when you hit it. Yeah, totally. That's, <laughs> that's cool. Do you feel like if you uh, took on a Billie Eilish song that you could sort of uh, do it justice? I'd like to think so. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of uh, female artists in the past. Sometimes I have to change the key of the song because mm-hmm. my range isn't quite the same. Yeah. I certainly think so. I mean, uh, you may have noticed my, my parody output in the last seven years has been almost non-existent. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've slowed way, way down. You know, I, I, I'm not going to rule anything out. And, and certainly if I were to do a parody, she would be a, a prime prime target. I mean, it's and I point to her because I feel like there's a lot of and here comes old man Husky. There's a yeah. like music currently. It's not sort of the indie rock instrumentation that I'm used to and drawn to. It's a lot of uh, keyboard sort of sampling, a sure. lot of sort of like uh, cobbled together. And even the kind of like. The singing of it is is uh it it's not to me it's not so much singing it's kind of like a wandering sometimes like the melody is there but mm-hmm. it's a little spoken wandering and stuff so these kids today with their bit bop music oh my god <laughs> it's just because of the devices in the hands but I just it would be uh you know I would see the challenge in that you know what I mean it would be a, yeah. it would be a like it would be learning a sort of like new musical style you know a new uh, a new yeah, it just be. Well, you know, I, I you know, I've I've got a, a great band. I've had the same guys for forty years, and mm-hmm. and they're capable of emulating virtually any music that's out there. So I wouldn't be concerned about that. It's you know, yeah. that's the nice thing about my my job description is I can shamelessly leech onto whatever happens to be 
popular at the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's rad that you have that same team, though. That's, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I've, in fact, uh, uh, I don't know when this is airing, but, but uh, uh, September, like yesterday in, in current time, uh, mm-hmm. it was the 41st anniversary of me meeting my drummer because oh, wow. he was the guy oh, that banged God. on my accordion case on the Dr. Domeno show when I did Another One Rides the Bus live on the air. <laughs> so so I've been with him for, for now over 41 years and the other oh, guys wow. around 40 years and my keyboard player is the noob he's only been with us for like 30 years oh, so the he's, baby. he's the new oh, guy you guys, you guys uh, so, haze him and <laughs> yeah there's like 15 years worth of inside jokes that he's sort of like, right. like oh that was before your time yeah <laughs> um, alright well we are coming up around the bin here uh, Charles is there any uh any stuff that we didn't uh this is scripted too uh, the acting like we don't know what we're doing and that we're just kind of making it up in the moment i'll throw out one more nerd question how do you come up with a lyric put your head in the microwave and give yourself a tan well that that's what i do in my spare time a lot mm-hmm. and uh it, it's very effective that's your bald spot you're that's so oh, conscious oh, about yours we figured it out yeah, we figured it out <laughs> Uh, well, this has been a pure joy of my life. I really appreciate it, Al. Thank Me you too. Yeah, Al. Thanks for um, coming on, man. Anything you want to plug? Buy Weird Al stuff. <laughs> okay, <Yeah. cool>. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Perfect. Just wherever, even in a used bookstore or used yeah, record shop. anywhere. Yeah. It just keep the merchandise. Steal it if you have to. Totally. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good, just an adage for life. Buy Weird yeah. Al stuff. <laughs> I love that. Thank you again, Al. You're the best. We love you. Yes, it Thanks, was guys. lovely. Yeah. Lovely talking with you. Take Brian, care. should I bungle the outro now? Yeah, bungle it, and then I'll do okay. my, my version. All right, uh, Baldos and Harrows. Thanks for listening to Bald Talk. Uh, check us out. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Bald Talk Pod Pod on yep, Instagram. That's it. <laughs> How have I not figured it out? Uh, and uh, download, uh, subscribe, rate and review anywhere you get your podcast from. That's it. And then, uh, you know, when you're done watching, scrolling through on the, vi- the visuals, come over to the word frenzy that causes uprisings and problems for people's <laughs> mental states. At Twitter, uh, we're at Bald Talk Podcast. And yeah, we're on there too. But I think, let's be honest, we're more into Instagram. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. Stay bald. Someone to talk to. Brian and Charlie have a hairless party. And they are all there to invite you. No hairdos, no shampoos, interviews. Only on Bob Talk. Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at 9 Cloverfield Lane? Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser-known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown, featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Campfire.